Blog Talk Radio. Waves of rumors. The Yankees have had a relatively quiet offseason by the standard. This hasn't stopped them from making waves with rumors, speculation, and the occasional acquisition. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and many more have been linked to the Bronx. Only time will tell who, if any, will land there on the first episode of Pinstripe Talk. Welcome um, to Pinstrike Talk. My name is um, Eamon, and I'll be joined by Anthony. Uh, we are big Yankee fans, and um, yeah. Do uh, you have anything to say, Anthony, about maybe your, uh, you know, Yankees uh, favorites, favorite players, anything? Well, I've been a Yankee fan since birth. I grew up playing baseball. I was one number two because I loved Derek, Derek Jeter growing up. Um, I've been a Yankee fan, like I said, since birth. My favorite player right now has to be Aaron Judge. He's the face of the Yankees. And I have to, if I had to pick my favorite moment that I've seen, uh, I was at a ball game in the playoffs, I think in 2012, when Raul Abanez hit those two home runs to win the game. So um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my, 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 best, my best of baseball in my life. And uh, what about you, Eamon? Introduce yourself and tell us um, about you. Yeah, so I'm Eamon. Um I've been a baseball fan probably all my or a Yankees fan and baseball fan all my life, and uh, I grew I grew up grew up in New York, so um, you know it's between the Mets or the Yankees, and I chose the Yankees. Um, and my favorite baseball player growing up was definitely A Rod and Jeter um, when they were kind of in their prime. And um, my favorite baseball player, obviously, right now, has got to go. I got to go with Judge. And my favorite Yankee moment is probably the last at bat that Derek Jeter had, where he hit his um, either that or his 3,000th hit. Um, those were one of one of those two are one of my favorite moments, for sure. All right. Those are um, yeah. All right. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Manny Machado, Sonny Gray. Uh, Mariano Rivera's Hall of Fame, the ballot and everything, and Gary Sanchez. So we're going to hop into Manny Machado first. Um, a lot of news has, you know, been uh, piling up um, about him and Bryce Harper. Uh, we're not going to talk about Bryce Harper because uh, I feel like, or we, me and Anthony felt like it was more of a Machado move um, right now. So we're going to talk about him. Uh, but we do know that uh, Bryce Harper did get some kind of like uh, deal, like ten-year uh, deal between I think the Phillies and the White Sox are willing to do that. So um, yeah, let's jump into Machado. Let's not worry about Bryce Harper. Um, so yeah, what do you think no. about Machado? Personally, um, I've, I've said this before. I'll say it again. And until he's not a Yankee, I'm gonna, I think he's going to be a Yankee. I think Machado loves it here. I mean, he grew up idolizing A-Rod. That's why he wore 13. Um, he loves the Yankees. Clearly, he's been quoted saying he prefers the Yankees. And actually, I heard today uh, that only, I heard the White Sox are only going to give him a seven-year deal. So I think he has to choose between the White Sox seven-year deal, the Yankees seven-year deal, and the Phillies 10-year deal. And if he chases the money, he goes to Philadelphia. But if he wants to be here, believe me, he'll be here. I think he'll be a Yankee, and I think it's going to be a great addition to this team. I mean, I know you got some opinions on this, so <laughs> talk, yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. Manny. Um, so Manny Machado, um, he did earlier, I think this week, or maybe a little bit uh, late last week, he teased us a little bit. He started following Yes Network, following all of the Yankees players on Instagram, and then he quickly unfollowed them. So we did think, we, I don't know if that's a sign that he wants to sign or if he's just teasing us um, and saying, like, you know, you guys – you know, all the people that have all these, you know, pages uh, that are, you know, giving out um, information are, you know, going to be, you know, tricked. And I think, you know, if that's what he wants to do and he's going to sign with like the Phillies or the White Sox, then, you know, that's 
you know, I guess his weird, weird, dirty move, if you want to call it. But as him as a whole, I do think he'll re- he'll sign um, just off of every, you know, every little bit of uh, information that I've been seeing about him. It looks like he's getting closer and closer to um, signing. I think the only thing they have left for Machado to do is just sign his name on that contract and they got him. So um, I do think he'll end up being a Yankee, and I will be very excited if he does. I totally agree with you. Um, I saw him. I saw him following the Yes Network and a bunch of guys like Aaron Hicks on Instagram. And if that's a ploy for him saying like, uh, "Look at me, guys! I want to come to the Bronx. I'm going to follow all of you," and then quickly unfollows them. Um, yeah, <clears throat> could be messing with them. But I do believe that. Uh, I do believe he wants to be here. He is. Uh, He's a generational talent. He's a fantastic shortstop, and even with the uh, even with today's acquisition of Troy Tulowitzki, um, I think that Machado will definitely uh, be a welcome fit to this team. If and I believe when he signs here, Tulo will just <clears throat> Tulo will just end up being uh, what Neil Walker was last year. So just to, instead of a switch hitter, you have a right-handed hitter, and Tulowitzki is going to be a great talent. I think he's going to be um, for this team if he stays healthy. So. I think Machado's got an easy spot on this team. If he wants it, it's there for him. And um, Major League Baseball's Dominican Instagram account had a post up about a week ago saying that Machado signed a seven-year deal. I saw it nowhere else except on Major League Baseball's official Dominican, Dominican Republic um, Instagram account. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff you've been, we've been seeing about Manny Machado. A lot of smoke. There's, there's too much smoke for there not to be a fire, in my opinion. So um, I think it's just a waiting game until we see the the headline that says Manny Machado signs with the New York Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Tulo signing uh, it was I think it was around twelve thirty uh, late last night um, was a little bit surprising to me. I didn't like the reason it was it was because they were never they we we never had any you know interest um, in him leading up to the signing. I didn't even know we were into him. Like, no, there was no rumor, like, you know, usually it takes, like, it's a week, and then, like, you know, they'll, like, the Machado stuff, you know, everybody's, you know, making up a bunch of news about him. The two-load signing was just a, a, a signing right away, and I do like it, because I, apparently, I think either he wants, or they're going to use him at either second base or third base, which would be pretty good, Um at third base, in case, you know, Miguel and Duhar, you know, doesn't do good. We know his defense, and he's a young player. Um, so on that part, I do think, you know, Tulo could be, like, a utility third baseman, and maybe we could have uh, and Duhar, you know, play first base for a few, you know, games of the season, see how he does at uh, first. But, yeah, the Tulo signing does give us kind of like a Neil Walker like last year, even though I kind of did like Neil Walker. He did come up. Um, when we needed him, I think, and, you know, even when he was down, like, even when he was, you know, not on, you know, on the game, uh, you know, he was still a big, uh, I guess, contribution to the, uh, to the team. So, yeah, I do think Tulo is good. I think we're going to hit Machado and, um, yeah, I'm kind of sad about Neil Walker, but, you know, he had a good run with us. I'm sad about Neil Walker, too. I thought he was a professional hitter. He's always been a professional hitter. But I think once you see Troy Tulowitzki, who at one point was baseball's best shortstop, at league minimum value on a team that needs a shortstop, at least for, what, until July, um, he'll, uh, he'll fit in great. Plus, he's playing at the same spot that his idol played in. He wore two because of Derek. I mean, a lot of guys wore two because of Derek. I wore two because of Derek in Little League. So... Everyone loved Derek, and now he's playing in the same spot that Derek played. So maybe that'll rejuvenate him. Maybe it'll keep him healthy. Who knows? But um, right now, we don't have Machado, so this is a good guy to fill in. If we do get Machado, which I still think we will, um, then, he'll just, then he will be that Neil Walker type. He will play third or short and probably could play first base too. Um, and he'll just play around the infield, and he's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. He's, mm-hmm. he's one. He's a fantastic ball player. Let's hope he stays healthy and hope he uh, helps his team out with Manny Machado. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he did have, uh, if you guys don't know, he did have um, surgery last season on both heels and was out for, the whole, for, I think, the whole season. And then the Toronto Blue Jays released him in December. So that was the whole deal with him um, being out and everything. And um, I do, I hope he comes back. I hope he plays, you know, 
you know, up to his standards um, and, you know, be that utility guy that we need um, for this team. And I do think uh, he will. I wonder what number he's going to be since um, I'm pretty sure number two is uh, retired. I'm not too sure, um, but I'm pretty yeah, sure it is. Some guy wore that number. Yeah, some, some guy wore two. I forget who that was. Um, but, yeah, we'll, um, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what happens. He'll probably take 12. Uh, he's about Tyler Wade's number. Although it would be really – be really interesting to see if the Yankees, uh, if the Yankees say, okay, Jacoby Ellsbury, yeah, you have no spot on this team. Uh, is going to take number twenty-two. And that'd be <laughs> that'd be a real big move. I mean, if they could somehow get you know Ellsbury off the team, like some, I think they were trying to do that with the Stanton trade last year. They tried to get his contract out, um, but they didn't want well, him, which was actually were. smart by Derek to not do it. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a very smart move by Derek to not take Ellsbury. The whole Stanton trade was dumping salary. We got Stanton, and they got money. Um, Ellsbury, the Yankees are the most financially successful franchise in sports history. They can release their bad player and eat the money. The Blue Jays just did that with George Lewinsky. They got rid of their bad player and ate the money. The Yankees can easily do it. I don't know why they're not doing it. Maybe because they want to save a little money. I understand it's hard to eat that much money, but, I mean – he has no spot on this team. He has no spot on this team. He couldn't play I, a single game last season. I think the reason is that they're not doing it is I think it's just they know that he has, like, no value. So I don't think they'll be able to get a team to be to agree to it. I just I think that's just, you know, my opinion on the well, Ellsbury thing. I totally thing. agree with you there. I think nobody will, nobody will trade for him, but why can't we just release them? Like, the Blue Jays did not want Tulowitzki, so they released him. They had a lot of money left, so they released him, and they gave him his money. Yankees can easily do it with Ellsbury. Say, here you go, take a vacation, go to Tahiti, enjoy your family. Here's your money. Goodbye. They could easily do that. Uh, they're very financially sound. We all know that the Yankees. So um, mm-hmm. why, they, why, why they don't do it, I don't know. But Ellsbury only creates problems. And I think he's a nice guy. I mean, I, I, I hate to see him go, but too much money and sorry, Jacoby. Yeah, um, I do think we kind of got screwed over there. With the with the, I know the contract's big for Ellsbury and everything, but I do think that we did get a little screwed with Ellsbury because I'm pretty sure we signed him right when he was like two to three, maybe three to four years good on the Red Sox. So we only got him good for maybe I think two seasons, and then he went down downhill. So I mean, I think the Yankees thought no. I think the Yankees really thought that, you know, he was going to be something like what he was, you know, with the Red Sox. So I think that's why they gave him a big, a big contract. Um, well, he was, he was always very injured. He was always very injured, but he did that at 2011 season where I think he played second in MVP voting behind Verlander. Um, he was 30-30. He was fantastic. Um, and then he was good the rest of the, the rest of his season with the Red Sox. And he was good pretty much uh, for the Yankees for a few years. But then the curse of Jacoby Ellsbury, he kept getting hurt and kept getting hurt and kept getting hurt, and now he didn't play all of last season. So that's why the contract's bad. The contract's not bad because the, guy, because the guy's not playing well. The contract's bad because the guy doesn't play. Yeah. So I, that's true. So I think the, uh, Jacoby Ellsbury is uh, definitely a, a sore spot for Yankees and Yankee fans. But um, I, don't think, I don't think his money will affect us signing, potentially signing Machado or anybody like that. So... It's just a matter of having a guy just taking up space, not taking up money. Yeah. Even if we do trade him, it's just going to be some team, you know, just having extra, just wasting space for, you know, they could do something else with, which I uh, I totally agree with other teams not wanting to pick, you know, even Ellsbury up, even if we get, like, you know, brought, bring them up in a trade or something. I do agree uh, with that. Um, so, yeah, guys. Um Make sure if you guys want to call in, the number is 845-277-9345 if you guys want to call in and answer any questions. Um, We're going to go into a a network ad, and um, yeah, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Hey, tune into our first edition of the Amazing Mets podcast on Thursday at 7 p.m. We will break down the Mets' latest roster moves and rumors, including the Cano-Diaz trade and the signings of Wilson Ramos and Jay Reese Familia. What move does Brody have up his sleeve next? Is A.J. Pollock or Marwin Gonzalez in the cards? 
could the Mets still join in on the Bryce Harper sweepstakes? Is Seth Lugo really available for trade? All that and more will be discussed by our hosts. We take calls and answer fans' questions throughout the show. If you are a Mets fan, or even just a baseball fan, tune into the Amazing Mets podcast at 7 p.m. Thursday. Don't miss it. All right, guys, welcome back. We are going to be talking about Sonny Gray, and um, we still have Mo and Gary Sanchez following after that. But um, what do you think about Sonny Gray? When the Yankees acquired Sonny Gray, I was so excited. I thought the guy was going to be great. I thought he's a guy who's going to bolster the rotation and pitch really well for us. And this just shows why I'm not the general manager of the baseball team, because look what he did. He had an okay first half of the season when he was traded, and then he <laughs> was awful. And I think Sonny is a good guy. I see every time I see him in a post game interview, he's he, he's taking it, he's taking questions and answering them all, and not getting angry. But I mean, let's call a spade a spade. The man has no spot on the team. He didn't pitch very well. He pitched better out of the bullpen, but I don't want him using a bullpen spot because we can give a better pitcher that job. He has no spot on this team, but he also has a lot of talent left. So a team like, for example, the Brewers or the Reds, even though they got Wade Miley. Um, not Wade Miley, I'm sorry. They got Tanner Roark. Um, could use a guy like Sonny Gray because he's got a lot left in that tank. His curveball is still good. Just give him the right, the right place to pitch, not the big lights in New York, someplace kind of like Oakland where he was, and I think he'll thrive again. Um, now, what do you think? Um, okay, so when he did, you know, he came to the team, uh, I think midway through, not last year, but the the year after, he, I actually was, I, I liked the trade. I liked getting Sonny Gray and adding him to the rotation. It made our rotation that year, I think, a little bit, be- a lot better. And then this year came around, I was not expecting him to have that bad of a year. Um, I just, I don't know what happened. He went from, you know, being in the rotation, not doing so good, you know, you know, his command wasn't, uh, uh, you know, on top. And then like some games he would do good. And then the next game he would do bad. It was just a lot of inconsistency. Um, and then they, I think they moved into the bullpen. The bullpen was another, you know, I don't know how he go from a, being a starting pitcher is pretty much his whole career to going to a bullpen pitcher and, you know, adapting to that probably is a lot more difficult than, you know, doing really bad on the, on, you know, starting. I mean, I know it's just, it's just pitching. It's not anything different, but it is a different role for him and he has to get used to it. So I think like, right, that move, you know, they were, you know, trying to see if he could be a bullpen pitcher, you know, and keep them for the, for the bullpen and maybe, you know, upgrade their rotation now that, you know, he's now bullpen pitcher, but it still didn't really work out. They didn't really use him much. I think after, you know, they put him in the bullpen, I'm pretty sure he was on the postseason um, roster and he didn't even, I don't even think he had an appearance. Um, so I just think it went from, you know, being a good trade to this season. He just, you know, couldn't prove himself to stay here. I do think they'll sign um, I do think they'll tr- either trade, probably trade him uh, to some uh, team that needs him. Um, he's not bad, but I do think that he could do better on another team like the Reds, the Braves, um, a, re- a team that needs pitching. I do think um, that's where we should go with that and maybe get some young prospects or something for him because I know he's still good. So we'll get something good in return back, I think. Um so, yeah, that's what I think about Sonny Gray. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I think he's still got a lot of talent left. I think he can definitely help out a young team. And I think he is um, definitely a guy who some teams should definitely consider for their rotation. And you're right. He didn't pitch a lot out of the bullpen because they had no confidence in him. I mean, I had no confidence in him. I'm not surprised that Aaron Boone had no confidence in him either. Um, but he does have some value. Um, I think Cashman kind of shot himself in the foot a little bit when he said at the beginning of the offseason, we're definitely trading Sonny Gray. He has no spot on this team. Kind of, you know, he kind of gave up some leverage there. Um, but still, he's right. He is right when he said that. Uh, he has no spot on this team, and he shouldn't be on this team. But um, 
he, he's interesting. He's an interesting guy because he, I think he came in third, second or third in Cy Young Award voting like four or five years ago. And to see what he is now, it's perplexing. It's it's confusing because the guy was so good, but here he is. He fell from grace and he's become this uh, this kind of persona non grata in in the Bronx. And it's sad, but hey, sometimes trades don't work out. I'm just glad that the prospects that we gave up are not superstars in this moment because the trade would really yeah. suck. Yeah. Um... I think I just I the Sunny Gray thing. If we're gonna trade him, um, I hope we can get something a good trade where we can get a good prospect. Either, it could be a pitching prospect. Honestly, if we can get a starting pitching prospect for him, or even any prospect, I I really don't care. Um, just a good one for him and give him to a, a team that you know is in contending to you know playoffs championship. I think that will be a really good deal. Um, for us moving forward, not giving up too much, just giving up Sunny Gray, you know, and getting a, a you know a good piece back um, for you know us to either use him in the road, you know, you know, bring somebody up from the road because I know we had we had trouble, we had a lot of young talent in the you know starting pitching spot last year. Um, it's just that we never had enough room. I, it was either last year or the year the year before in 2017. We just had we didn't have enough space. We had too many good, you know, pitchers, and we didn't have enough space. Now the Sonny Gray problem might, you know, bring somebody up like um, uh, I forget who's in the, you know, AAA, but um, yeah, someone someone can come up. I remember somebody uh, in 2017 um, came up. I forget, I can't remember his name, but um, yeah, he came up, and I don't, he did okay, he did okay for us. So I think people that are, you know, in the minor leagues um, might be getting a call up or if not, we might be, you know, signing somebody to take that role. But yeah, I do think uh, that's the Sonny Gray problem. I agree. And if, uh, if the Yankees needed a six starter, cause they have their five, uh, if they needed a six, they would go to gray because gray obviously was a starter for most of his career. This is if gray was going to be on the team in 2019, which again, I hope he's not. But now that job for a six-starter or a potential bullpen option will go to guys like Domingo Herman, like Chance Adams, guys who can come yeah, up Chance and pitch. Yeah, um, they, they can come up and they can throw. And I mean, I saw Chance Adams' arm last year. I wasn't overly impressed, not going to lie. Um, also wasn't impressed by Justice Sheffield, but there's a different story. He's on Seattle now. Um, but I think with the right training, I think Adams could be a legitimately good big league pitcher. Um, but I mean, Sonny Gray, who would be the sixth starter, uh, if, if need be, has kind of blocked that. But once they move him, uh, hopefully, then uh, that, that gives an option for, uh, for a guy like Chance Adams or Domingo Herman, who both have very good arms. And um, as much as Sonny Gray um, has talent, he's too much of a, of a blocker of other players right now and, 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 a, and a hindrance the success of this team right now than he is anything else. Yeah. Um, another option um, in the in off in this off season, he's still available. He said he wants to come here, but he did have an off season last year. It wasn't one of his best. Is Dallas Keuchel? I'm pretty sure he said he would he would come to New York. He's always pitched good in New York. Uh, when we when we face him, we can never we can never beat him. He's I think we beat him like once out of like five games. Um, I think it was like 2017 and even in the playoffs, like 2015, he was just a shutout pitcher for, you know, against us and he pitched really good in New York. Um, I would be, re- I would be okay with that. It's just, it's like a sunny gray chance. It's like, he just had a bad season. So if we sign him, we just have to hope that he, you know, does well, like he used to be. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, my, uh, thinking on, you know, if we're going to get a new starter, it might, you know, he's an option. Oh, he's definitely an option. And I don't, I don't think right now the Yankees are looking for a, for another starter. I think they have, I think they have their five, but I mean, you could always upgrade Dallas Keuchel, in my opinion, is probably a, a really perfect fit for the Yankees. He's not a guy who's going to blow you away with a fastball at 98, which is good because as you get older, that fastball is going to go down and down and down. But his fastball tops out at like 90, 91. 
He throws a sinker ball, which is great in Yankee Stadium because, I mean, it's a, it's a little league ballpark sometimes. Um, and he's okay with shaving his beard, <laughs> which is great. Um, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that, that, that would work out great for the Yankees if they can find a way to, to get Dallas Keuchel. Um, I'd welcome him. I would, I would like having him. The first time that we beat him was actually in the playoffs in 2017 at home, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I think the first time we, the first time I beat him in the regular season was last year when Stanton homeward off him twice. Um, yeah. So he's always been, always been a bit of a thorn in the Yankee side. So, I mean, if you can't beat him, join him, I guess. But um, I don't think they're going to go after him. But if they did go after him and did get him, then uh, I'd be a very happy Yankee fan. Yeah. Um, the Phillies obviously are interested in him. I feel like now at this point, Phillies are interested in anyone. Um, I guess I don't really know about them, but I'm guessing they have enough money to do anything. So they're, I heard they were interested in him. They're interested in Machado and, and Bryce Harper. So um, I do think someone good is going to land in Philly. So um, it's either going to be, I mean, Machado. I mean, I don't, I don't know how he's going to, I really think we're going to get him, but if he, you know, thinks he wants to go there, they can get him, Bryce Harper, or, you know, Keiko. I mean, there's probably other options um, in free agency. Maybe they can, you know, get someone um, else um, that's, like, Craig not Kimbrough. too big. Not too big, but, you know, um, you know, could fit their role. I know Craig, uh, he's uh, – I don't think he's going back to the Red Sox, but – no, no um, way. We'll see. I do think if he does return to the Braves, which I don't think he's going to do, I think that would be a uh, a good package deal for him because he, they were not. I didn't think they were going to make the playoffs when they, you know, they only had Albies and then they brought up Acuna and he did really well and you know their team just flew like just flew and um, if he re-signs with the Braves and you know they could be a, they could be trouble, you know, going forward now. But I don't think he's going to go there. I think he's going to go to some other team. I, I agree with you. I, I I did some off-season predictions early in the off-season uh, just by myself, and I had Kimberl actually going back to the Braves. I could see that happening. I could also see the Phillies going after him. And I think whoever the Phillies are going to go after, the Braves are going to go after because they're just trying to uh, stop the other team in the division from getting any better, which is smart and smart business. But the Phillies, in my opinion right now, if they don't sign Machado or Harper – I think it's a failed offseason. I mean, when your owner comes out at the beginning of the offseason and says we're ready to sign, stu- we're ready to spend stupid money, uh, <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a sign to all your fans saying we want Harper or Machado. Actually, we want Harper and Machado. That's not going to happen. But they want to spend big. And right now, their biggest signing is Andrew McCutcheon. And I love Kutch, um, but yeah, not Bryce Harper or Manny Machado. I love Kutch. Yeah. He was great. He was he was a good guy to bring in September, add a little levity, add a little happiness, and he played very well. I mean, we won 100 games, and he was a big help. I mean, he did struggle in the playoffs, but he did pretty good leading up to it. Um, Everyone not named Aaron Judge struggled in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the whole lineup, I think, for that playoffs was basically quiet. I mean, no one was there besides Judge in that Red Sox series. I mean, they just played pretty they really couldn't beat the Red Sox. They were the best team in the league, for yeah, sure. you got to tip your cap. They won, they won 108 games. You tip your cap, and then you say, okay, you beat us. Congratulations. And they beat it's, us 16 it's hard to, to, like, four in a playoff game, I think. Yeah, and, and Brock Holt for the cycle. Yeah, I, yeah. I, was actually, I was actually at that game, and it was not too pretty. Oh. Yeah, um, I, was at, I was at the game a few years ago in the uh, Yankee Clippy Astros in that one-game wild card. Yeah, it's not fun to be in those kind of games. Yeah. All right, so we're wrapping up. That was the wrap-up of Sonny Gray. Now, if you guys want to call in, the number, again, is 845-277-9345. Um, if you want to ask a question, you um, can call that number, and uh, we're going to go into a network ad, so we'll see you guys in a little bit. Hey guys, this is Benson from Bucko Booth, also the producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you guys tune in to Bucko Booth, 8 a.m. Eastern on Saturday morning. We're going to be discussing all things Pirates offseason in our first baseball podcast network episode. 
We'll be sure to discuss the Troy Tulowitzki signing from the Yankees and what that means for Neil Huntington and the crew going forward as they search for a new shortstop as Jordy Mercer has departed for the Detroit Tigers. We're going to be talking about potential trades with the San Francisco Giants. Maybe get Brandon Crawford to help out at shortstop position and what it would take to bring the Pirate Killer to Pittsburgh. And we're going to be discussing the Pirates' recent signing of left-handed pitcher and former Cardinal Tyler Lyons. All this and much more on Bucket Booth. Remember, this Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, you don't want to miss it. And as always, let's go Bucks. Welcome back. We're going to be talking about Mariano Rivera and his Hall of Fame um, ballot. And after that, we'll be talking about Gary Sanchez a little bit um, and his rumors. But what do you think about Mariano Rivera? being, you know, in the in the Hall of Fame ballot and maybe, you know, about his, like, career as a whole? Mariano Rivera was the one guy I never worried about. He would come into a game, he'd make you look stupid, and he'd trick out three guys, and you'd say, well, get over. It never concerned me. Mariano was the greatest. Um, and he, I think, should be a unanimous Hall of Famer. And that is why I have a problem with the sports writer from Boston, whose name escaped my mind right now, who is not submitting his ballot because of Mariano Rivera. He didn't submit his ballot, and he's not going to submit his ballot, because Craig Kimbrell in the playoffs this year, I think, had a 5.4 ERA, but he converted 13 out of 13 saves, which, in his opinion, makes the save stat, makes the save stat look stupid. And I agree, a save stat can be a little weird, but it's an actual stat, and you should, and you should, uh, should take it for what it is. And Mariano is the greatest at his position, but this guy took – so exception with that, and he's not voting because of that. And, I mean, I, I, you can't argue with stupid sometimes. Uh, so it's hard to try to rationalize with that person if I ever had to speak to him. But um, I think Mariano Rivera, above, above his playing stats, I mean, 560, uh, no, 652 saves, there's a number, uh, most of all, most all time, he, uh, he, he should be – waltzing into the Hall of Fame. Uh, my favorite stat in the history of baseball is that more men have walked on the moon than have scored earned runs against Mariano Rivera in the postseason. And if that doesn't blow your mind, then <laughs> I don't know what, what you're expecting me to say next. But, um, yeah, what do you think about Mariano in the Hall of Fame? Um, okay, so Mariano Rivera was probably – he was one of my favorite players on this team as a whole. The big, The core four was – you know, they were they were a big part of, you know, the Yankees when they went on their run from, like, you know, late 19, um, 1900s to, like, early 2000s. I think, you know, that team, that, you know, core four, you know, Jeter, Pettit, uh, Posada, and Moe, I think, you know, they were, like, you know, they were all kind of like buddies. It was like they were the core of that team. That's why they were called the core four. Um and I do think, you know, Mariano Rivera, he did, you know, it was just every time he went to the, you know, every time he went, you know, to close, he was that guy that, you know, you knew it wasn't going to be tough to, you know, close this game out. He was going to get it done. And I do think that, you know, he should, you know, definitely go anonymous in the, in the Hall of Fame. Um, even with that, you know, that Boston writer uh, saying stuff about him. Craig Krimble in that play, in those playoffs had a lot of trouble closing out games. Not like Ma- Mariano Rivera would if you put him in that position. So I do think Mo, you know, should definitely get in. Well, there's no question he'll get in. It's just I I, I hope that, uh, that that he gets 100 percent just to just to really stick it to that Boston sports writer because I mean come on, swallow your pride, realize that this man is the best in his position and vote for him. I mean I I agree with his. I agree with him in the fact that I guess you can do what you want with your ballot. I can't tell you what you can and can't do. I can also think you're an idiot. So there's that. Um, but also, to go with the Hall of Fame, I uh, I think that Andy Pettit, I've been tracking the uh, the Hall of Fame vote on, uh, on Twitter. Uh, Ryan Thibodeau does great work tracking the Hall of Fame on Twitter. And um, Andy Pettit's only trending at about 15% right now. And I watched Andy Pettit for most of his career. Um, Andy Pettit was a bulldog. 
and I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame too. Now, uh, what do you got to say about Andy? Because Andy is my favorite pitcher of all time. I love that. I love Mariano. I love all these guys, but if I had to pick a favorite pitcher, it's Andy. So, what do, what do you think about him? All right. So, I actually never seen him actually. Uh, I never seen. I never saw him pitch in his like core time. Um, but I did see, I was, you know, I did go to a game where he came, I think it was the one year where he came back from retirement. He came back and he pitched, I, I think one year or two years. And I loved him. I loved, I loved watching that because, you know, he was out, he came out of retirement, you know, he pitched, he came back and played. Um, I think he was looking, watching him off, you know, video, because I, I really never saw him live. Um, he looked like he was a dominant lefty, you know, he, you know, never, he just had that force in him that, you know, I think really gave him the ride to uh, be great. And um, yeah, I think that's something, you know, we really didn't see at that time. Yeah. He was a bulldog. He, he went out there and he grinds out every start. I mean, the man won 256 games, um, he he won 19 postseason games most of all time. Um, he he just he would give you a chance to win whenever he was on that mound. And I think on a team like the Yankees back in the 90s when they were when they were dominating, I mean you didn't want to face Pettit. You never wanted to face Pettit. And he had the best pickoff move I've ever seen. It was I, whenever you would pick somebody else, I would pass because why would you run against Andy Pettit? You know he's gonna throw to first base if you're fast. Why would you run on him? But um, he, I, I don't think he's getting the love he deserves. And um, it, might be, it might be due to the fact that he, as much as I love Andy, he did do HGH uh, to help him recover from an injury, which, I mean, if, if, you're voting, if your voting is based on whether you did steroids or not, then you're not going to vote for Andy, um, which is sad. Um, but... I still think Andy deserves more love and hopefully he stays above 5%. Please just stay on the ballot and more people can get to, uh, to him because I mean, if I had a, if I had a ballot, I'd vote for him, but I, I, I am happy knowing that at least one Yankee will go in the hall of fame this year. Yeah. Um, I mean, Andy, obviously he'll have chances. Not, this is not his only chance. He'll have other chances. Um, and hopefully we could see more of the core four, like Jeter. I definitely think Jeter will make it in. Um, oh, definitely you know, soon, and uh, Posada. Uh, I hope he you know can get on the ballot. Um, you know, look at the veterans committee ballot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, he, um, he fell off that ballot. Unfortunately, he fell off. He's a great catcher, but he fell off that ballot. Unfortunately, the only way he'll get back on now is by the uh, that, that other committee that they just, that just voted in uh, Lee Smith and Harold Baines. But hopefully, he gets another look. Uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, I really you know. I hope Mo can get in. Um, I mean, I I don't know why you know anybody wouldn't you know just vote for him. He was he was just he was just too good at the time. And he uh, was the Babe Ruth of his position. Yeah, he really was. I, I um, actually have a personal Mariano Rivera story, if you don't mind. Um, I met Mariano. Uh, very lucky of me to meet him about I don't know five years ago. It was a Q&A, and he, was, he couldn't have been nicer. And people were asking him questions. And one guy asked him, you know, who is the one guy that gave you the most trouble throughout your career? Who's the guy that hit the hardest? And Mariano kind of put his hands on his head, kind of shook his head and go, oh, my God, Edgar Martinez. Edgar Martinez was the worst. I think he batted over 400 against Mariano. And he goes, I had a party. I celebrated when he retired. And I'm very happy that hopefully – Mariano, who's going to go in this year, is going to go in with the guy who hit him the hardest, Edgar Martinez, because the way it looks right now, it looks like Edgar's going to get in too, which I'm very happy about because I like Edgar. So um, it, it would be very fun and very apropos to have Mariano Rivera go in the Hall of Fame with Edgar Martinez. Yeah. Um, that The Pettit thing with the uh, injury, with the, um, you know, the problem with that. The SGH? Yeah. Um, that might honestly be a problem because Barry Bond has been an also a very, you know, favored to be on it as well. And, you know, oh, we yeah. all know Bar- his problem. I mean, Barry Bond grew hat sizes during his career. You don't grow hat sizes. I mean, you can't work out in your head. 
so it's not like your muscles can get bigger. Uh, so the man was the man was clearly on something. Um, the difference between Bonds and Clemens and Andy Pettit is that Bonds and Clemens were juicing were juicing more than anybody. I mean, they were huge. They were infamous, and they were playing until they were 45 and still playing at high levels. Andy Pettit had a natural decline to his career, like everybody else does, and he only did it, presumably, to recover from injury. So the difference between Bonds and Clemens were Bonds and Clemens were arrogant. They were angry. They, uh, they, they denied, denied, denied. They still deny to this day. Andy Pettit admitted it. Andy Pettit has come out and said, yes, I did do this. I, I, I feel ashamed for it. I should never have done it. Um, and he only did it to recover from an injury. And to my knowledge, I mean, I watched Andy Pettit for most of his career. He never looked like he was on steroids. He never looked like this big behemoth of a guy who was juicing every day and just looked enormous. No, he was a, he was a strong guy, but he was kind of a string bean. Um, so he, was, he, he wasn't this massive juice head like Bonds or Clemens was. Um, so I think, but I do think if you, if you take steroids into consideration and, you, and that's really something strongly you believe in, then you're not going to vote for Andy, which is unfortunate. But um, I think if you're judging off, off a character basis, on a case-by-case steroid basis, then I think you should vote for Andy Pettit because just look at his numbers. Yeah. Um, now, if we're gonna, if they're also gonna keep doing that, Alex Rodriguez was a big problem with that as well. I don't oh, know. <laughs> I don't know how that will go. Um, <laughs> oh, Alex. Because I'm pretty sure he got caught and then he lied about it or something <laughs> like that. Some, that whole problem is just another story. He got caught twice. He got caught twice. Oh my God. I, I love Alex. I mean, Alex. When he retired, I got upset because I always liked Alex. Alex to me was, I mean, if you're just if you're just basing it off his talent, was one of the best players ever. But God, I mean, could you, could you just stop doing steroids, please? I mean, he did it twice. He sued the Yankees. He sued Major League Baseball. But apparently, everything worked out for him because he, I think he now works for the Yankees. So, I mean, so weird. It's, it's very weird. If you're not gonna. I mean, I think if people are not going to vote for Bonds and Clemens, then you're who never got caught. I mean, there's been a ton of speculation. Everyone pretty much knows they did it, um, but there's never been a, like a definitive yes they did it. There's always just there's just a lot of speculation, a lot of educated speculation, but speculation. But Alex, Alex was suspended for a whole year. He was out for 152 games because he did steroids. You can't deny that. I mean, <laughs> he he is a beloved Yankee, and he'll go, every time he comes back to Yankee Stadium, he'll get huge ovations. But, I mean, until Bonds and Clemens get in the Hall of Fame, if they get in the, if they get in the Hall of Fame, I think Alex will get in the Hall of Fame. But in, until that happens, I think there's no way. Because, I mean, he, was, he, he did steroids once, and we found out about that. He wasn't suspended. He had an interview back in 2009. And then, 20, what, 24? 14 came around and he was suspended for a whole year. <laughs> I just, he, he's funny to me. I love Alex, but uh, yeah, until Bonds and Clemens get in, I think there's no way Alex sniffs the hall of fame. And I know you love Alex. So, uh, so what do you think about yeah. that? Um, you know, growing up, he was, he was like a judge basically in, in that era, he was a power, he was, he was a powerhouse. I mean, I'm, I think he had, I forget what, uh, playoffs, like what year playoffs, but he had an MVP type season. I think he hit like three home runs in like one postseason game. I don't know if it was postseason or like American league. I mean, uh, you know, regular season, but he would just, you know, watching him was just, it was literally, it was like a watching Aaron judge play, you know, like 10 years ago. And, you know, it was just, it was amazing to watch until, you know, we found out, you know, he was using, you know, steroids and then it kind of, you know, died down. But what he's, if we just take out the steroids and stuff, what he's accomplished is definitely hall of fame, you know, type. I think he's like top 10 in the home run, um, uh, home runs hit uh, all time. Um, You're right. I really do think that he, he, without the steroids, he has Hall of Fame, you know, type material that he's, you know, accomplished. Um, and he was just, when I watched him, he was just, he was just too good. I mean, him and Jeter on the, 
on the left side of the infield was just scary to watch. I totally agree with you. I mean, I love the men, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. So um, if you guys still want to call your questions, uh, the number is 845-277-9345. Ask your questions if you um, want to. And we're going to head into another network ad. Next up is Gary Sanchez. Hey, tune into our first edition of the Amazing Mets podcast on Thursday at 7 p.m. We will break down the Mets' latest roster moves and rumors, including the Cano-Diaz trade and the signings of Wilson Ramos and Jay Reese Familia. What move does Brody have up his sleeve next? Is A.J. Pollock or Marwin Gonzalez in the cards? Could the Mets still join in on the Bryce Harper sweepstakes? Is Seth Lugo really available for trade? All that and more will be discussed by our hosts. We take calls and answer fans' questions throughout the show. If you are a Mets fan, or even just a baseball fan, tune into the Amazing Mets podcast at 7 p.m. Thursday. Don't miss it. All right. Welcome back. We're talking about Gary Sanchez and all of the, you know, crazy rumors um, that, you know, has happened about his name. I feel like at this point, every Yankee has been coming up about something. Um, I think the only one that we can for sure know that's not going to happen is obviously Judge in the outfield. But, um, yeah, what do you think about Gary Sanchez and, you know, his season he had last year and what's, you know, happening right now in the off season? Um, Gary, I love Gary. Um, All right, after this, sorry to interrupt, but uh, we got a caller. Um, Yeah, I don't get the hate he's getting. I I love Gary, and I think he's uh, a a phenomenal catcher. But um, before we we continue on this, let's take the call. All right, Um, we got Dom Dom from, hold on, from New New York. York. Um, yeah. Hello. Yes. How are you? Hey guys. Uh, great show. Quick question. So quickly on Aaron Boone, obviously he was handed a pretty good team who almost made it to the world series. They were supposed to get better. And last year made some questionable calls. How long until people start talking about his job and expecting a little more from him now that, you know, they're spending money. Obviously we know that they need pitching, and if they go and do all this, eventually there's going to be a little pressure on Aaron as well. What do you guys think? I love um, Aaron Boone. I think Aaron Boone's a good manager. I think when they got him, I think I was, I was so happy. He was – and by the way, thank you for your call. Um, he I, – I think he's a great fit for this team. He's a young manager, a smart man, um, an analytic man, but a man who also thinks from his heart. And I think that – he, um, <clears throat> I think that if the Yankees continuously get to the playoffs but don't make the World Series, if they're, if they're continuously knocked out in the first or second round, then they're going to be uh, – and he's going to be more scrutinized, and I think it's rightfully so. The Yankees are a team full of winning, a winning history, and uh, I think it's World Series a bust every year with this team. So if, they, uh, if, if this continues and he, and he keeps getting knocked out in the first second round, then uh, – I think his job might be at stake. But as of right now, I think his job is safe. Now, uh, Eamon, what do, you, uh, what do you have to say about Aaron Boone? Um, in the playoffs that just happened, I do think he made, a, he made mistakes. I mean, it's his first year. He's gonna, it's going to happen. He kept CeCe in too long in, uh, I think, the last uh, – I, I think it was maybe the last game of uh, the Red Sox series. I'm not too sure. But I, he did – I mean, if you saw what he did, you know, the previous year – he was lights out in the, in the playoffs. He was our guy to, you know, close out the, you know, close out a series and, you know, bring us into the next one. Um, that was a problem. And I do think in uh, game three of the, um, against the Red Sox, he kept in uh, Severino way too long. And he, I'm not sure if he knew, but that game, he was late to the game. Somehow he was late to the game and he didn't get his warm up in or something. So, I think that indication, you know, now he knows. I think he's going to get better over time. 
um, and he'll know, you know, what to do, uh, uh, you know, going forward. I know, um, you know, the previous manager, I can't remember his name right now, uh, but he, you know, he had, he had a team that was handed down from um, uh, Joe Torrey. I, it was basically a, hand, a hand-me-down from, right, from him. And, you know, they won a World Series right th- then and there. But, you know, he had to learn stuff still. So um, I do think over time Aaron Boone will get better at managing, you know, it's his first season. So, um, yeah, I think that's Aaron Boone for me. Um, but thank you for your I call totally, and everything. Totally agree with you. I, t- I couldn't agree more. I think Boone will learn with experience. Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for the call, uh, Dom, and let's hop right back into Gary Sanchez. Sorry that I interrupted you uh, in that, but, um, yeah, what do you think? Oh, no worries. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad he pulled in. It was, a, it was a fantastic question. But Gary Sanchez, in my opinion, and people can say I'm stupid, might be baseball's best catcher. Now, saying that after he batted, I think, 174 last year is a bold claim, but I – I'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who has a better arm, is a better hitter, um, as a catcher. I mean, I think if Gary Sanchez is healthy, he might be the best pure hitter on the Yankees. Uh, he's just, I think he's that good. And I think he has a right to be behind the plate as much as he has a lot of pass balls. His arm is fantastic. And um, I think Cashman has come out and said that uh, – he will be our catcher. He's not being traded, and I could not agree with him more. I think in Brian Cashman, I trust, and Gary Sanchez uh, better be on this team because if he's not, then uh, <laughs> I'll be pretty upset. Uh, what do you think? Um, I, I even though we had a bad year last year, I'm pretty sure he had um, soldier soldier surgery before the season as well. Um. I think he'll bounce back. He's going to stay here. I don't want to trade him for JT Romuto, even if, you know, even if that was going to be a thing, I don't want him. He's, I would say JT is probably one of the best catchers in the league, if not the best. Uh, I don't think I, I think Gary still has stuff to work on. Obviously defense being a factor over, you know, JT has a defense. I'm pretty sure he has a hitting and, um, I'm pretty sure he's like one of the fastest catchers in the league. So he's like a, a whole package in one. Um, but I do think, you know, Gary Sanchez needs to work on his, you know, defense. He's going to stay here. You know, we've seen him mess up and obviously, you know, he didn't, you know, he had a lot of problems last year. He was injured a lot. He came back. And then there was that whole, he didn't hustle when he ran out that ball in Tampa. And then, you know, because it hurt. he just, he just had a bunch of problems. I thought that, you know, when he didn't run that out and then he went injured after that, I thought that was like a thing where he didn't, he he didn't want the media. He didn't want to see the reaction from the media. So he just, you know, said, Oh, I'm going to be injured. You know, I felt like maybe that might've been what he did because it was kind of weird that he was fine. And then now he's not fine all of a sudden after a game. Cause I, I don't know. I feel like they should have, you know, evaluated him then just, you know, he's ready, goes for one game and he's out. Uh, but he he's he's a monster. He did you know he I think he caught like 14 innings one game. You know he pulled his ham um, his calf got you know subbed out. But he's a monster. So I think he'll he'll definitely bounce back from his terrible season that he had. I, I think he's had two surgeries in the past. I think year and a half, and he played the entire season last year with a with two injuries with leg injury and the other injury he had uh, he had, the other injury he had. Uh, that he got fixed early this offseason. So I think last year is an anomaly. The man is a beast. He, uh, I mean, you, you don't want to face him. I mean, he's phenomenal. But the one thing I, I think he has to work on, aside from, I think when Gary's healthy, I think he's phenomenal. But the one thing he has to work on, even when he's healthy, is his plate discipline. I saw Gary mm-hmm. swing at too many sliders on the outside, um, and he just waved and missed, waved and missed. And also, he has to really focus. A lot of in the minor leagues, Gary was very out there. He then he had a daughter, and he had a kid, and it focused him in life. It, it made him realize that I want to go to the major leagues. I have to focus my life. I'm gonna get there. And 
sometimes I see him losing it a little bit. I sometimes see him kind of lapse and kind of drift off, and his, his focus is not 100% on the field. And as a catcher, his he needs to have 110% focus on that field. He guides the field. He is the field. And he needs to have that focus locked in at all times. And if he doesn't have that, then that's an issue. And some Yankees, some, some former Yankees that come down to spring training, like Alex <coughs> and Willie Randolph, and tell him, you need to focus here. You are guiding this field. And you could be better than what you are. And we will help you. But you have to focus. Yeah, I, um, I think with time, hopefully, uh, that will improve. Um, I think it was like his third season. Um, he's been playing three seasons. He came up in 2016, I think. Um, I think Judge came in up in the same year, but he came a little later. Um, but yeah, Judge came up in 2017, I think. Um, but yeah, I, I think, think you're right. They all came up at the same time. I think the, I think Judge played that. I think at least like 30 games in 2016, and then they changed his batting stance when he went over uh, to the new year. Oh, no, but, no. Yes, you're right. You're right. Sorry, Gary Sanchez Gary came up in 2015 for about two games. Had two at bats and popped up. I think in both of them, and then sixteen they brought him back up. And yeah, Judge Judge batted once. You're right. You're right. You're right. My mistake. Because I do remember in an interview with Judge, he did say something about his batting average. He always looks at it and you know reminds yeah, it's on him. Yeah, um, So um, yeah, but Gary Sanchez, I do think he's staying. Um, but you know, if we want to, if we want to, you know, search free agency, I don't know. Maybe you know in the, uh, you know, trade deadline or maybe just searching, we could, you know, bring up or maybe even get a backup. I do like Austin Romine as a backup catcher. I think he did amazing last year. I think that was one of his best seasons he's had um, with the Yankees that I've seen. I mean, the guy, when he, when, when um, Gary Sanchez was out, he was, he was a perfect fit right when he was out. I think he did his job when he when we needed him to do it. I totally agree with you. I think Romine um, is a serviceable back catcher. He knows his role. He's not out there uh, barking at the Yankees. Uh, he's manager Aaron Boone being like, I want to start. I want to start. No, he knows his role. He knows his role. He is a good backup catcher. And he hit a lot better than I thought he would, given a starting role when Gary was hurt. So I think Romine's a really good guy to have on this team. Um, I think Gary and Romine – are great. What I do think the Yankees need to improve on, though, is their catching depth. Because after that, I don't like Kyle Higashioka. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that he's yeah. the next guy in line, and um, I think they need to, to bolster their depth a little bit when it comes to a guys behind Romine. But as far as Gary goes, if he's healthy, I'm calling it right now. If he's healthy, all-star, silver slugger. Um, <laughs> certainly not a gold glove, but um, definitely going to be a, an offensive force next season. Yeah. Um, I do know that we did draft. I don't know if it was this draft or maybe last year, maybe even the year before. Andy Se- Andy I'm not sure what his name is, but I know he was a switch uh, hitter and a switch thrower. Some Something crazy yes, like that yes. as a catcher. If he could do really well and we can bring him up through the minor leagues and he comes, maybe he could – you know, be that person behind Gary Sanchez, depending on what year that happens, how Gary's doing, if we still need him, or if we really have confidence in him that he's better than Gary Sanchez, you know, we, you know, we just take him out and we try and maybe Gary, you know, is a backup. That could be an option, but I don't see Gary Sanchez falling apart that quick. Um, but yeah, he could be a, he could be a pretty good prospect, um, up, up and coming for us in the catcher's position. But that's the only guy that I can think of that's going to be good enough to, you know, be behind Romine right now. Uh, I, I, could, I completely agree with you. I think Siegler could be a, uh, an option in the, in a few years to come. And um, he might be Gary's replacement some years down the line, but when that time comes, that time comes. As for now, though, we have Gary, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, um, I totally agree with that. So um, thank you guys for listening um, on our first episode of uh, Pinstripe Talk. Um, We greatly appreciate it. And um, we'll be back next um, Wednesday. Not sure what time, but we'll uh, keep you guys posted on when we'll be going live or doing other podcasts again. Um, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys in the next podcast.
So long, everybody. If I can make it there, I know I'll make it just about anywhere. It's up to you. Pinstripe Talk is produced by Benson Fector. Pinstripe Talk is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram, Eamon at Yankees Network 99, and Anthony at AFSimeon16. That's S-I-M-E-O-N-E-16. For more Pinstripe Talk content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram, at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube, at Baseball Podcast Network. And SoundCloud, at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Pinstripe Talk. We'll see you next time.